Hello, everybody, and welcome to Penguins To Go, your daily dose of Pittsburgh Penguins news and analysis. You can find us on YouTube at Inside the Penguins or anywhere you get your podcasts from. Today, I want to talk to everybody about the Pittsburgh Penguins power play. Because let's be honest, it is one of, if not the, most frustrating aspects of the Penguins the past two seasons, not just last season, but the past two years. They haven't been bottom five in the league, right? They haven't even touched 20th in the league in the past four years. But with the talent that they have on the power play, they have to be a more potent unit. They have to be more consistent, right? The Penguins do not change their personnel with the exception of whoever's playing on the left half wall. They do not change their personnel on the power play. They don't really even change what they're doing on the power play very often, right? It is four names that are out there on the top unit every single time. Unless they're injured, it's Chris Letang, Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, and Jake Gensel. So it's Latang, one of, if not the greatest defensemen slash offensive defensemen in Penguins history, him and Paul Coffey, two Hall of Famers in Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin, one of which being a top five player of all time, and Jake Gensel, a multiple-time 40-goal scorer. You're telling me that that unit doesn't find success, is not potent, does not create many opportunities. Yes, last season they finished 14th in the NHL on the power play. 21.7% success rate. But it's just not good enough. Anybody that watches it realizes that, honestly, they have to be better. That's on the players on the ice. That's on assistant coach and power play coach Todd Reardon, who's entering the last year of his contract. They just need to be a better unit. And to figure that out this season, they might have to change up the personnel. Because they changed the personnel in the bottom six. They added a new top pairing defenseman this offseason. They're looking to potentially acquire the reigning Norris Trophy winner in Eric Carlson. Maybe it's time to look at some personnel changes on that unit too. Kyle Dubas is shaking things up with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Why not shake this up as well? Now, here's the thing. Since Todd Reardon took over, it's been three seasons. Last season, 14th in the NHL on the power play. 10 of the 13 teams ahead of them made the postseason, and five of those ten teams won at least one playoff series. You can't tell me that special teams isn't important, in particular, once you get to the postseason. But let's not even get to that point, because the Pittsburgh Penguins weren't even there last season. In general, they have to be better. The year before that, the Penguins were 19th in the National Hockey League on the power play, 20.2%. And then in Todd Reardon's first year, which was the COVID-shortened season, the bubble season, if you will. Penguins won the East Division. A large reason for that was because 
they had a 23.7% success rate on the power play. Fourth in the National Hockey League. That's what they need to get back to. A lot of the names are still here. So at that point, it's either change the scheme, because people have figured it out, or change the names. I'm looking at some options for changing the names here. Yes, it would probably help if you change the scheme, but let's focus on changing the names at first. First and foremost, if they get Eric Carlson, this becomes a pretty fun exercise. He has to be utilized on that unit somehow. Last year, he had 27 points on the man advantage. Five goals, 22 assists. He is an absolute monster on the power play. You could do one of two things in my eyes with Eric Carlson if he comes over to the Penguins. You could put him on that left half wall spot. It's been a revolving door at this point anyway. You leave the other four guys out there. They obviously have chemistry, and Eric Carlson seems like he's a quick study. So you add him to that mix. Maybe that takes it to the next level. Maybe that revitalizes it, revives it, whatever you want to say. And Latang remains the quarterback at the top of the key, top of the zone. This isn't basketball. Or, or you just sub him in for Latang altogether. The Penguins, in the past, have shown that they would like to stop overusing Chris Letang. Chris Letang plays a lot of hockey. Penalty kill, power play, first line defenseman. He eats a lot of ice time. If you get Eric Carlson, you're going to want Eric Carlson on the ice, similar to the reason that Ron Hextall brought in Jeff Petrie, to help regulate the amount of ice time and the minutes that are on Chris Letang's plate. Now, Eric Carlson is perfectly capable of running a power play. I don't think I need to explain that to you. But getting him on there in favor of Letang, Letang then gets top power for penalty killing minutes, I should say, five on five minutes, but doesn't have as many power play minutes. Now, that's going to be a tough pill for Latang to swallow. He's been here for how long? He's been the quarterback of the power play since Sergey Gonchar left in what, 2010, 2011? So he's been the quarterback of the power play for over 10 years now. This new guy comes in. Obviously, Latang's aware of how good Eric Carlson is. That's going to be a tough pill to swallow regardless. But I think you understand, if you're Chris Latang, that hey, this is what's best for us to win. Me focusing on 5-on-5 five five and playing some penalty kill. And it's not like Latang wouldn't be on the second unit anyway. He would be quarterback in the second unit, which could, in turn, make the Penguins have a pretty good unit number two. It might just be the shake of this group needs. It might be that one change that sparks them back into the top five in power play like they were three seasons ago. Carlson, Malkin, Crosby, Gensel, insert name here on the left half wall. Because that's what they've been doing the last two seasons. Whether it's Brian Rust, Ricard Raquel, and they can keep doing that. Riley Smith could get into it now. They can keep doing that if they want. Clearly, it's not changing very much because that player on the left half wall, I don't care who it is. Now, if it's Eric Carlson, it might change. But if it is anybody else on this roster right now, it does not matter. That person is there to stay open 
And if you get the puck, shoot the puck. Because the puck is going to be going around the other four players much more than it's going to go to that fifth player. Right? It's going to go between Latang and Malkin, Malkin and Crosby, Crosby back to Malkin, and Gensel sitting out in front, maybe getting into a bumper position every once in a while. So, yes, if you bring Carlson in, he's clearly on that unit. You can put him on the left half wall and just have five ridiculous players there. Or you could switch him out with Chris Latang. It's a tough pill for Latang, but at the same time, it might be the best case scenario for the Pittsburgh Penguins. It might be the move to make if you're Todd Reardon. But let's look other than Eric Carlson because, while yes, the Penguins are a finalist in the Eric Carlson sweepstakes, San Jose Sharks don't have to say yes to any trades, right? They could just say, screw it, you're here, you signed a contract, you're playing. I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't know where that entire situation is, but let's look about the Pittsburgh Penguins power play without the potential addition of Eric Carlson. You could go back to that revolving door of left wall wingers and just add Riley Smith to the mix and say, that's our personnel changes. Oh, well, the pen or the power play, excuse me, has been struggling a little bit lately. Let's take Raquel off. Let's put Russ back. Okay, let's take Rust off. Let's put Riley Smith back. Let's go circle back to Ricard Raquel. I mean, I never understood why that was always seen as a shakeup that would actually make a difference. I just talked about it. That doesn't make all that big of a difference. All of three of those players are talented players. They're goal scorers. They have a good shot. They're smart with the puck. But they're not making that big of a difference there. In my eyes, you got to put Jake Gensel there. I talked about this. I think it was the second Penguins to go or the first Penguins to go that I ever did. Get Jake Gensel out of the net front. Yes, he is acclimated to that position. He's gotten much better in that position. But he is a sniper. You got to get him out of the net front. I wonder what is going on. These these sirens outside my house have been going on for literally five minutes now. But I digress. Apologies to anybody that can actually hear that in the background. So you got to take Jake Gensel out of that spot, put him on the half wall, actually utilize his shot more often. I noticed that last season in the back half, they started to do that a little bit. They started rotating some guys in, moving guys more freely. Sidney Crosby was in the net front. Jake Gensel was outside and making taking shots. So maybe you continue to do that, but I think more often than not, you need to find somebody else to go in front of the net. And that somebody else to me is Brian Rust. Everybody and their mother is down on Brian Rust after a rough season last year. It was the first year after signing a mega extension, six-year deal with the Pittsburgh Penguins, has a no-move clause, and honestly, he had earned that. But people saw that, people saw his play regress, they didn't think to look at, hey, maybe it's because of another reason, he was playing a lot of penalty kill minutes. And this year, sorry, and he still, before we get to this year, he still scored 20 goals last year. Right, That's not an easy feat, scoring 20 goals and playing a lot of time on the pe- on the penalty kill. He scored 20. So this year, the Penguins went out and they got Riley Smith. He's going to play a lot more on the penalty kill. Brian Russ probably will not. Right? Take that ice time that you're taking off of that. Yes, allocate more to 5-on-5 five five because that's where Brian Russ thrives. But give him more time on the power play. Specifically, 
let him search for garbage goals in front of the net. It's not like the Penguins have an option to put a big body down there. They really don't. In my mind, the first name that came to mind was Nolachari. Nolachari is 5'10". You're not making that big of a difference. Because guess who else is 5'10"? Brian Rust. And Brian Rust has much better hands when it comes to deflecting goals or trying to stick handle in tight than Nolachari does. He has much better finishing. Hence the reason that Brian Rust has been a 20-goal scorer at least four times, I believe. Can't remember if it's five or not, but at least four times. Give him an opportunity to go down, get those goals, and screen the goaltender. Get Jake Gensel out from in front of the net and get his shot a little bit more present on the Penguins' top unit. No matter what happens, that unit has to be better. I don't know how they finished 14th last year. There were a couple runs, I guess, where they were really good for a stretch of five, six, seven games. They must have been really good in those those games because there were other stretches where the power play was just abysmal. And that's what it seemed like it was. There was no middle ground for the Pittsburgh Penguins. It was either they're chasing the puck into their own zone 200 feet on the other side of the ice or they're actually operating at full capacity and dangerous. There was no middle ground for the Pittsburgh Penguins, and I'm not saying to find that middle ground, but I'd rather them float around the middle ground than be as abysmal as they were at points last season. So, 14th, not horrible. But like I mentioned, whenever they were 4th in the NHL a couple seasons ago, and I get it, caveat is, it was a weird year. You were playing without fans for the majority of the season. You were playing only 7 other teams in the East Division, including really bad Philadelphia Flyers team, a really bad Columbus Blue Jackets team. So I, I get that portion of it. But if the Pittsburgh Penguins are changing a bunch of things, and we've seen them change a bunch of things already, the bottom six completely reconstructed, the defense, one new name, another new name potentially coming to the Pittsburgh Penguins, goaltending remained the same, but they changed up the contingency plan a little bit. There's a lot of changes that are happening. The power play should be included in that. And if not, I mean, it's Todd Reardon's head, right? He signed a two-year contract extension last offseason. Already played one year. One year left. Now, here's the thing about Reardon. I shouldn't get into this because we're already 15 minutes in. He is valued around the league. So say what you want about him. He's valued around the league. There's a reason he gets head coaching interviews. He's just not getting jobs. If he is not able to get the Penguins into the top 10 this year, you just let him walk. Talk about needing changes. That could be a change that comes after the season if the Penguins aren't good on the power play. That's going to do it for this episode of Penguins to Go. You can find us on YouTube at Inside the Penguins or anywhere you get your podcast from. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you next time.